This episode is brought to you by Gabe being wrong about everything. Gabe, he's wrong about everything. Well, actually, but if you look at the- <laughs> it's nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Down to the beach, I'm strollin'. Master Yoda, young Skywalker. I'm ending all of this. The headphones, the microphone, the podcast. I'm going to burn it down. <sighs> ah, ah, no! Ah. <laughs> oh, Skywalker, missed you have I. So it is time for the podcast to end. Time it is for you to look past a pair of headphones. But the sacred MP3s! Oh, listen to them, have you? Well, I... Soothing to the ears they were not. Yes, 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 wisdom they held. But that podcast contains nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Skywalker, still looking to the horizon, never here, right in front of your nose. I was weak, unwise. Lost Ben Solo did you to the Snapchat. Lose Ray, we must not. I can't be what she needs me to be. Heed my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned. Strength, clear pronunciation. But weakness, stuttering, mindless babble also. Yes, mindless babble most of all. The greatest teacher babble is Luke. We are what they grow beyond. That is the true birth of all podcasters. Hello and welcome to Voice of the Rebellion. I'm Gabe. And I'm Mark. This is episode 17. Ah, 17. And we finally got our first fan letter. Ooh. Yeah. I have not read this fan letter. Yes. This... Is a fan letter from Brian. Oh. Yes. Um, we can skip it, right? No. We can't. <laughs> right? Because he has some things to say. Okay. Okay. So, um, you'll know, you'll remember on the last episode, <laughs> uh, some salty words were delivered. I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Mark and Gabe, whatever you did to make the podcast louder worked great. Which, okay. in, because... He had been telling me that he had been a, had a, having a hard time hearing yeah. the podcast when he was on the bus because it's so loud. Mm-hmm. And so I said I would see what I could do. So I've, I've worked on the audio and stuff like that. So okay. uh, you can I can now listen to the to my bus rep. Now listen on my bus rides to work. Thank you. Okay. Good. I've really been enjoying your podcast these last few weeks. I even realized around the 12th episode that I can tolerate Gabe. <laughs> Wait, being, only no, 12 episodes? Yeah, Usually it's at least 15. I know. <laughs> that being said, I'd like to offer a truce to Gabe and ask you guys a few questions. All right. My All first question... Wait, is this questions to both of us or is it to me? My first question might be okay. more for Mark since oh, okay. he's read gotcha. the book. Sorry. So, after Empire Strikes Back, who trained Luke into a Jedi Master? So, I was under the assumption that it was... He taught himself through Obi-Wan's texts that he yes, had. Yes, through the, through the yeah. sacred texts. Um, in the expanded universe, he had, like, a bunch of different teachers, including, like, a clone of the Emperor. He ended up, like, joining the dark side for Between a time. Between Empire Strikes Back and Return? Oh. Because after Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I see. Yeah, never mind. So, uh, yeah, nobody taught Luke yeah. after Empire Strikes Back. I was, I was yeah, thinking yeah. after the films. No, I was going to say, that'd be terrible, because I'd be bringing more yeah, Jedi no, he, that don't exist. Yeah, he basically, like, read... I'm sure that some of those sacred texts that Luke had, mm-hmm. had he probably brought with him from like Obi Wan, right? Besides, they're you know being the ones there. Well, I mean, they were going um, they were going back to Tatooine anyways to get home, yeah. so he probably stopped um, by his. There's hut. a deleted scene where he builds a lightsaber, which yeah. is you know information that he gathered from Obi Wan's hut and stuff. So I'm assuming he probably did that. Um, he seemed really surprised to see Obi Wan. Um, in fact, yeah, he had, he had he had not spoken to Obi Wan. Since mm-hmm. from Empire to Return, because he's like, yeah, he's like, you told me that Vader yeah. trained so my they, father. They would yeah. have discussed this, before. yeah. And, and so I don't think he had any teachers at no. all. 
I'm sure there's some book out there that has. Here's the thing. He doesn't need to because the whole point is that he's chosen one 2.0, right? I mean, he's. It's I mean, like he it's learned, like it's like why Ray is so powerful in the Force because he learned Force choking from Vader, and that's yeah. pretty much the only power that he displays any competence after Actually, Return of the Jedi. Speaking of which, I saw a recent um, thing with Mark Hamill where they're like Mark, like they're asking him like questions, like they're like his Google questions thing, yeah. um, and they're like Mark Hamill, like can do Jedi use Force choke? And he's like, no, that's a dark side power. Yeah, and I'm like, Mark Hamill, you did it in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like. Anyways. I'm sure you'll have some other, like, some explanation. No, it wasn't actually forced choke. Yeah, no. I was, like, it was, instead just, it like... Was, it was forced tickle the throat. Yeah, exactly. All um, right, next question. So, <laughs> if Anakin in episodes two and three was written or performed the way Kylo was in The Last Jedi, I'm thinking it seems like the one where he's screaming, more, more, uh, would he, would we have enjoyed Anakin over Hayden's performance? Would we would we have a better story? Would Anakin have been scarier that way? Because I find Adam Driver's spoiled teenager temper tantrums frightening. Then you add in Je- well, Jedi and Sith abilities. Here's the thing. I think it should be different. I wouldn't want it to be the same because I think the purpose of Anakin's story is he's the tragic mm-hmm. character. Um, like Lucas always compares like his six movies to like a Greek tragedy. Yeah. So like. Basically, like these things happen to Anakin. Yeah. These things don't happen to Kylo. I mean, with the exception of yeah, looking, but, like Luke but he's, him. But he's not talking about going back and like remaking episodes two and three. He's saying, "What if before we had Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. if instead Anakin had acted like Kylo Ren? Just like go back and change time so that yeah. that." Naturally, you're going to need, need to get a better director and writer. In there. I'm sure we would enjoy but it more. Yeah, I think so. Um, and actually, I saw this video recently um, explaining how they should how they could fix the prequels. And one was just having Anakin as this like uh, more seasoned commander who cares about power and order. Mm-hmm. And that's why it would make sense that he's Darth Vader because they're like two completely different characters. Yeah. Um, but also, Anakin was. A, a spoiled asshole and really sorry. Oh, yeah. Because they were putting him on the Jedi Council but not making him a master when he's like yeah. 25. Yeah. And he's like, what? what? That's outrageous. I'm not allowed to be a Jedi yeah. Master when everybody like, else is at least three times older yeah. than me on this entire <laughs> yeah. council? That's unfair. And actually, I wish the prequels hit harder on um, how Anakin perceived the Chosen One prophecy. Did he even know about it? Like, he never referenced it once. And I would have liked to have seen him think that, yeah, I'm the chosen one. I mean, like, they they did a bit in the Clone Wars, and I think they did a bit in the novelizations of the movies. Because I remember, I think, reading that. Like, that he was much more... Um, but it was more, like, confused. Like, well, I'm supposed to be the chosen one, yeah. but I don't know what that means. Yeah. How, how can I be the chosen one if I don't know what that's supposed to mean for me? Okay, so... After hearing Gabe's response <laughs> and my request we can skip to my request question, that he be fired. Yeah, let's skip this question. Right on his board. first reaction was to drop an F-bomb. <laughs> I came into the realization why he may not like Han Solo. Gabe was unable to respond with the witty Solo-like comeback and went straight to the dark side. So my final question is, is Gabe just jealous of Han? Or is he drawn to the dark side much like Annie was? <sighs> <laughs> you know what? Not to reinforce it, but I don't have anything witty to say in response to this. <laughs> See, I think you're just jealous. I'm not jealous of Han's wit. I can admit that Han's wittier than me. And you're jealous of I'm it. not. No, why? I'm not jealous of it. You're very jealous. I think that he's... He's getting like... His face is getting really red over here. He's no, like really stop. angry. <laughs> here's the thing. Han's wit is all he has. Okay? And being... That's all he has. The best pilot in the galaxy. He's all right. Wow. Um, Luke flew down a straight trench. That's that's the extent of his piloting abilities. Well, no, no, no. I'm not comparing Luke and Han. Han is a better pilot than Luke. I admit no. that. That's fine. Yeah. But I just don't find Han compelling at all. And I, and because of that, I think he's overrated. I think when okay. we watch this new Han Solo movie, yeah. I think you might gain a new appreciation for Han. I think by the end of it, you might be like, all right. That's really hard for me to 
I mean, the problem is, in the end, he has to end up at the place where he does the beginning of A New Hope, which is where yeah, you hate him the most. Exactly. So maybe not. This whole, like, who shot first, Han or Greedo, I don't want it to be Han, because then he's just a cold-blooded murderer. We've gone over this like, so many times. No, it's not it's... okay. <laughs> People are dumb. They want so their that, murdering pirate. That is our... All right. Um, our letter from Brian. Brian, Thank I want you, Brian. I want to apologize, Brian, for just immediately dropping an f bomb. I thought I was being funny, but instead, but instead, you turned to the dark side. I turned to the dark side. Yes, you embrace um, the darkness. Yes. Now we need um, to tempt you back to the light with some news. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, there was an explanation for Han's dice that you see in Last Jedi. Speaking of Han. Yeah. Um, apparently in Force Awakens, when Han Solo gets the Millennium Falcon back, he puts the dice back on it to represent mm-hmm. that he has it back. Like it's his, he's reclaimed it. Yeah, yeah, it's his again. But it was cut from the movie, which really sucks. But Ryan Johnson didn't know that it was cut from the movie yeah. before he integrated it <laughs> into, his, into his plot. Yeah. So it's like you watch Last Jedi and you're like, what are these dice? I don't care about these dice. And like, yeah. like, and like you get that it's like meant to be Han, but like you don't actually have that context. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's really unfortunate that that was taken out of Force Awakens. Yeah. So he had specifically went in and, and like filmed the scenes with the dice. <laughs> and then J.J. Abrams was like, I'm just going to cut this. Yeah. Now, I think that the dice will play a much more prominent role in the Han Solo movie. I would hope so, because if they do, then it will give a lot of because, context. Because even though, according to the Expanded Universe, Han won the Millennium Falcon in a game of Sabacc, which is a card game, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I own the cards for. It's a combination of like poker and um, blackjack. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I the, he, all we know is that according to the the exact lines spoken in the movies, Han just says, "You lost her to me fair and square," which implies there was a game of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a game of dice, and those dice are the dice oh. that won him the money falcon that would be cool and then then, then he puts then it on integrates there. it in perfectly like a trophy. so then if you were to watch the han solo movie before you watched yeah. the new trilogy those dice would be like you'd immediately go oh that's the dice yeah like it would tie in a lot deeper to it I, so that's i i hope they do something like that yeah like i'd be sad to like not see a game of sabak actually played because i i would love to actually see because like in the in the books and everything, yeah. these characters are always playing Sabacc and referring to different like cards and things like that. Because like you're trying mm-hmm. to get to the twenty three, I think, without going over. But one of the types, like the best possible combination, is the idiot's array, where you have the idiot who's usually um, a Kawaki and monkey lizard on the card. Oh, naturally. And then <laughs> then the two and the three cards, mm-hmm. which when you you say oh. Two and three make 23 because you're an idiot. Mm. And so that's the idea behind the Idiot's yeah. Array. Um, and so, like, that's how, like, Han won the Millennium Falcon was with yeah. the Idiot's Array and stuff like but that. But it would be a much more um, rich story, more depth of a story. To have the to dice. Have the yeah. dice, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, moving on to other news. Uh, so Daisy Ridley was asked if she thought that there would be a relationship, potentially, with... Ray and Poe in episode mm-hmm. nine because there's that brief scene at the end where Poe's like, hey, and Ray's like, hey. I've heard all about and, you. And there's yeah. a lot of chemistry there because yeah. they're both they're just, what? well, they're both ridiculously good looking well, and they're both really, really charming. Here's the thing. Poe Dameron people. has chemistry with everyone. Yeah. All right. Because he's Poe Dameron. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have chemistry with him and he hasn't even met me. I know. Um, but, uh, like on, on the Kinsey scale, I'm pretty like deep in the heterosexual, but he shifts that scale for me a bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if there was a man, <laughs> oh, anyways, um, what, oh, what, <laughs> uh, so, um, now the Daisy really say you turn off notifications, man. I don't know how to turn off notifications. I know how let's keep it in the podcast. Yeah, we'll keep it in. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, <laughs> We're super high tech here. Uh, so the point of the scene, though, um, Daisy really explained, was that Daisy really had to be, 
Spirit Bray has become somebody of a house. Like she's become the household name that Luke Skywalker is. Yeah. So, so when she says, hi, I'm Ray," And Poe's like, I know. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. But she said she was intrigued by the idea. Um, because here's the thing. There are so many different branching relationships. And, and she did say, there's no, like, I like people to have relationships in movies and not, and not everybody wants to be running off sleeping with everybody. You know, like, yeah, there can be. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of different comedies. It's and really hard to tell what's going to be platonic and what's going to be more. The fandom is so, like, like it's, it's, the fandom leans pretty heavily into Raylo. Yeah. Wanting well, okay. Kylo and Ray so to here's, together. So let's go through the options here, right? Okay, so we have... Ray and Kylo. Yeah. Ray and Finn. Yes. Ray and Poe. Yeah. Finn and Rose. Yeah. So Poe and Finn. Poe, yeah, that's right. Poe and Finn. Because okay, so the um you know, Poe has a necklace mm-hmm. that you see in some of the scenes. He's wearing it around his neck. Yeah. It's got a ring on it. And in the visual dictionary, it specifically doesn't like it, it says the ring was his mother's, mm-hmm. Shara Bay, who was an A-wing pilot okay. in Return of the Jedi. Um, that he keeps it to give it someday to the person that he loves. Okay, so the, you could take this two but ways. It, it goes, but it's really, really vague, making yeah. sure not to be like. It could just be in, find, in the stars universe. Everyone gives rings to each other. No, like, I know, but it specifically just says yeah. the person. Oh yeah, it the, does the not person, say yeah. like it isn't like when, right. once he finally finds the girl that he loves. It's like vague on the uh, gender of the person. Yeah, and so I think they're keeping it out there as a possibility, especially because yeah. he's been like, yeah, I'm up for it. If they decide that he's actually gay, sure. I don't. So, I don't think. I, I don't, don't think it's going to happen because they haven't done enough between Finn, uh, Finn and Poe yet. Just, just in the first. Film. It's been yeah, and yeah. It, even that was kind of brief. I mean, yeah. so I don't think that there's been no, enough. But I could totally see, like in the big final scene when everybody is like celebrating after having defeated the First Order. Yeah. For like Poe to be like, "Hey, everybody, this is my boyfriend, Jake." <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, just some random guy. Yeah, yeah it's just like grab some yeah, ra- yeah. Ra- ra- rebel. Crushing the rebel. dreams of all the women. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. another. I don't know even which one I'm most supportive of because I do see potential in all of them. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm rooting for this one. It's like, I don't know. Like, I think that if Finn and Ray were a thing, you'd have to spend the whole movie with this like tortured love triangle. And I... No, I don't want that. Exactly. Those stories That's not what Star Wars me. is. Um, and so I don't I mean, think... even in the original trilogy, there wasn't this big drawn-out thing with Luke Han and Leia. It was, like, super brief, like, oh, maybe, and then... Yeah, you're like, then, which one is she... Is yeah. sort of a like, which one is she yeah. going to end up with? And then... But it wasn't, like... Not it, addressed at all yeah. later. You like, didn't have was, Luke and Han, like, glaring at each yeah, other like, from across <laughs> the room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, which... I mean, do you, do you have a personal one that you're rooting for? I, don't... I mean, I would like to see... Kylo redeemed, especially because yeah. that scene with him and Ray, like when they finally, when they finally turn and start fighting yeah. the Royal Guard together, I was like, "This is amazing," mm-hmm. and I was so excited all the way up till the point when he like turned. And even then, I was excited because it's such a great scene. Oh yeah, but I was like, "Oh man, come on!" Like yeah, oh man, I'm, well, come on, and so. And the problem is at this point he's just so turned to the dark side that it would be I honestly I see them more as platonic. I don't see them as I think it's a little too on the nose to be it's going to be Ray and Kylo. Yeah, but then because, you could be like, "Oh, it's a little too on the nose cuz like that it's going to be Leia and Han cuz they're like making out on money and Falcon is way too obvious they're going to end up together." Well, that's different. I mean that they were together essentially. They were yeah. just it was just more yeah, but like Kylo and Ray were together. She Not, was like staring at his sweet pecs. <laughs> I mean, it feels more like Ray will try to reach him emotionally, but I just don't. I just don't think it'll go sexual. This isn't going to go the way you think, yeah. or even romantic. Yeah. I mean, because it's Star Wars, it's not going to go sexual. Right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, that's how they're changing Star Wars. Oh, Barry White going. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on. Yeah. 
they maybe, maybe we should do a whole episode that's like fan pairings. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's skip that one. Uh, let's do. Let's just skip to the. They released a synopsis for the Han Solo movie. Yeah. So, board the Millennium Falcon and journey to the galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story, an all new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Overstating it. Well, I mean, he is. Overstating. Can you can you tell me a more beloved scoundrel in the galaxy in the Star Wars? Yeah. Um, right, moving on. Through a series Java. of... Java. <laughs> I love Java more. The Java Nevada. Uh, through, a series of dar- through a series of daring escapades deep within the dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca <laughs> and encounters the notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. Here's the thing. That last line worries me because it makes it sound like he's going to become a hero in this movie. No, no. It, he, that will I, set the course I know. of one of the saga's most unlikely heroes. He becomes a hero. But just, just the structure of a movie, he's got to have like a heroic moment in the end. His heroic moment is going, is going to be completing the Kessel Run. That's going to be That's his quote-unquote heroic <laughs> moment is being – All right. Um, Wait, so he goes from completely, like, he just completes the Kessel Run and then goes to the Cantina and is like, you haven't no, heard of the Millennium Falcon? No, the movie's not going <laughs> to end, like, moments before. It's not going to be like... Oh, it has to. It has to end well, with in that him case, walking into the Cantina. Then then the big, huge climatic, climactic scene needs to be him, like, dropping his cargo at the first sign of an Imperial freighter. Yeah. Like, like the coward he is. <laughs> dead to me <laughs> no so but it says like his daring escapades within the dark and dangerous criminal underworld which makes me feel like we're probably going to see Coruscant again we're going to see Java for sure we might actually see Narsha- Narshada or Narshada depending on how you pronounce it yeah um, super like criminal underworld um, that would be really cool yeah um, now it says he meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca Mm-hmm. I this feels like, like a, this feels like a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, well, yeah. Unless like like if they made the whole ooh. movie about him rescuing Chewbacca, well, that'd that's be the great. Thing, is but the the actual like the the EU background is that Han Solo was an Imperial officer pilot who then saw a bunch of Wookies being beaten up and tortured, and he ended up rescuing mm-hmm. one of them, and then they ran off. I can imagine them changing that quite a bit. Yeah. But what if Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian are rolling around together in the Falcon? Which is why Chewbacca is like super familiar with the Falcon and everything. Yeah. Chewbacca's actually been with the Falcon. I got one better. I got one better. Mm -hmm. Check it. Yo. Okay. Chewbacca is being held by... Java or somebody, right? Okay. Let's say that. Um, in order to free him, Han has to beat somebody in the Kessel Run. You intersect the stories. Um, Han, in, in completing the Kessel Run, and jo- faster. And Java's like, you have to complete it in 13 parsecs. Yeah. And it's like, I'll do you one better. I'll do it in 12. Yeah. Um, and then... That's how he saves Chewbacca because yeah. much like the pod race in episode one, um, where he had, where he saved Anakin by gambling for Anakin to win, it'll be mm-hmm. like a gamble maybe. And he'll be like, Fine, if I win the Kessel run, you have to give me Chewbacca. That could be a way to, to tie it in together. Well, then at least the movie wouldn't feel so sporadic because this feels like random things they just want to shove into the Han Solo story. Like yeah. Like Chewbacca, Lando, Money Falcon, Kessel Run, yeah, Java, like I would, I Spice, pre- dropping the spice. Like what? It just feels like so much. Like, I would have preferred like Chewbacca and him to already be a pair, but I can see like their iconic meeting. Like, because you're not going to do another Han Solo movie, no. So like God, having like the iconic like pair like going yeah. and, like becoming a thing. Now there's also other characters though. Amelia Clark, mm-hmm. Daenerys in Game of Thrones. She's yeah. playing Kira. Is she so like, does she say, I'm a Targaryen, only fire and blood. <laughs> right? um, 
Also, Woody Harrelson is apparently supposed to be playing, like, Han Solo's mentor. mentor yeah. Which, Woody Harrelson needs to stop playing people's mentors. <laughs> that's, like, all he does now. Um, and then Thandie Newton from Westworld and a bunch of other stuff. She's going to be in it. I'm hoping there's this whole plot line in the uh, comics where this woman shows up who's like, I'm Han Solo's wife. And Leia's like, what? And he's like, no, 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 she's not really. And she's like, yeah, we're totally married. And he's like, yeah, but like, we were doing a con job. And she was like, yeah, but according to like the mm-hmm. law, we're actually married. And so it'd be cool to see Thandie Newton show up as like, yeah, as that. And you can see that like whole, whole thing play out. Uh, Paul Bettany is also going to be in it. As Vision? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got one of the Infinity Stones in his yeah, head. So, so he's just going to... Travel of the Star Wars universe. Uh, Warwick Davis. He's in everything. Who could he be playing? I'm sure some Ewok important. again. Yes. And so bring back the Ewoks. Yeah. And Clint Howard, Ron Howard's hideous little brother. Oh, that's mean. No, like he's. No, this is the accepted fact by everybody. Yeah, even, even him. No, no, it is. Like he's he's like the goofy, weird-looking brother. Who was like yeah. real scary looking on as a little child on the uh, original Star Trek? Like you go back and watch that, and you're like, "Oh dear God!" <laughs> um, but no, it's because Ron Howard's directing. I Sid take it Runners. he's not. A, I take it he's not a friend of the show. <laughs> he's a good friend of the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are some of the other actors and stuff. So I think yeah. I think it's going to be really good. The problem is, is that we don't have a trailer. Yeah, I know. Five months away. Yeah. It well, seems like they're scrambling to try to fix it because. Those I don't know two dudes who completely ruined everything. I'm just worried um, it's going to be just a nostalgia film. Like, I'm done with nostalgia. But like, if you think about it, that's what Rogue One was. And Rogue One was a good movie. It was, but that's the thing. I don't want another Rogue One. I want to move on. What's going to happen is every other film in the Star Wars future yeah. is going to be a nostalgia film. You're going to get a new idea and a nostalgia film. And a new idea and a nostalgia film. And eventually, they're going to get to the point where the nostalgia films are going to be stuff from episode 7, 8, and 9. Because there will be Star Wars films yeah. until long after we die. Oh, Because that's how it is now. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. But... All right, let's go ahead and move on to our main to our main topic. Mm, That's good, like that, like that. So our main topic, we're going to talk about. I'm sure you'll be quite surprised. Even more Last Jedi. What? I know. Okay. There's lots Uh, of stuff to break down. So last time we kind of went into the characters and the viewpoints. Um, I want to talk about the overall deconstruction that Last Jedi does to the other Star Wars films yeah, and what that means for the new direction of Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems to be, uh, I think the overall, if I could, it's hard to sum it up because there's so many things going on. Yeah. But I would say if I could, if, if I could sum it up as much as possible, the main idea is that the battle of ideologies as you know them and mm-hmm. as you enjoy them, of like your basic good, basic bad, good guy wins, mm-hmm. is gone. Replaced by a more, replaced by more, by realism, by a more realistic view of the human condition. Because mm-hmm. um, like failure was such a big part of the movie. Yeah. Um, and so basically, because what this movie was, I think at its core was the end of the Jedi and Sith religions. Which this is the first film to ever actually refer to the Jedi as a religion. Yeah, but the the Jedi maybe, but the if you in A New Hope, um, when one of the admirals was saying, Your devotion to that ancient religion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so he'd say that's yeah. about the Sith. Yeah. Um but it hasn't been said since that. Yeah. And even then, yeah. they're like the the regular dudes are not gonna be out there um understanding the difference between the Jedi and the Sith. 
Right. So he's so saying the Force itself yeah. is a religion. And knowing, and even though people didn't know that Darth Vader was Anakin, mm-hmm. they they understood he was a former Jedi, is what they they yeah. all assumed. Yeah. Um. So they were basically like your you know your devotion to this old the Force as a religion. Yeah. Right. Um. So like. Like the like the well, not real burning, but Luke thought there was a real burning of the sacred Jedi texts. Yeah. Right? If you interpret it, and this can get into kind of an offensive level to some people, um, the Jedi texts as like actual religious texts, like yeah. the Bible or something. Yeah. Um and it, it's kinda of like people saying that they're now spiritual and not religious. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so it's like being spiritual, like trying to be trying to understand the human condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to offend anyone. No, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, Mark is Catholic. Yeah. I'm agnostic. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, trying to, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later when we talk about Kylo and, uh, Ray. Um, but, um, trying to understand the human condition and, uh, not having to rely on these books. Yeah. Um, to do so. Um, I, I yeah. interpreted the destruction of the texts as they were burning down all of the Star Wars Legends books. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, people take it that like way. The because, sacred texts! Yes. <laughs> well, and actually, let's we'll talk about that briefly because... Uh, it was part of the whole theme of let the past die. Yeah. Um, uh, you were... Mark, talk about how uh, Kylo Ren and Rey are, are fan... Or uh, fan uh, okay, boys so, and fangirls. Uh, so there was a whole... Um, we ended up sharing the video over on our Facebook page. Um, and it's from uh, Movie Bob, who does a bunch of videos uh, in Bob We Trust. And it was about how Kylo and Ray are basically fans, fanboy and girls of mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like, Kylo Ray has a mask that he doesn't need. He, it changes his voice and everything. He is... He's playing dress up. He's playing dress up. He's doing Darth Vader cosplay. Yeah. Including with a lightsaber that's so like over the top and goofy. Yeah. That like people had to like... There's a reason that SNL skit of... uh, Oh, what was he? The... The the, the maintenance guy? Yeah. The radar Uh, repairman. Yeah, radar repairman. He's like, guys, I totally... Kylo Ren is shredded. All right. Hey guys, I got Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Isn't it awesome? Listen, (laughs) he said that Kylo Ren was shredded before any of us knew that he was shredded. Yeah. So he was telling the truth. No, uh, the basically (laughs) like the, the lightsaber looks like the type of thing that you would put into a star Wars video game mod. They were like, Hey, I modded it. So it's got two lightsabers coming up the side. And then the stormtroopers are like, Dude, what if we took the stormtroopers and made them totally rad? And they're just <laughs> and they're and like neo Nazis are dumb, rabid fanboys of Nazis. Mm-hmm. The First Order are the dumb, not rabid fanboys of the Empire. All having grown up as like children who didn't actually experience what the Empire is actually like, they're just like, dude, yeah. it was totally awesome. Yeah, and so in the same way. Um, Ray is the fangirl who is like sleeping in an ATAT, so she's yeah. sleeping with her Star Wars sheets, putting on the helmet. She's putting on the Acting helmet. Like she's a pilot. She's got she's got her yeah. all of her toys and action figures yeah. in her in her room. She's like, she's like, what you know about Luke Skywalker? Yeah. What? what the Jedi? The Sith? I love all that stuff. She's not a she isn't like amazing with all this stuff. Because she's a Mary Sue, because she's a fangirl and read all the Star Wars fanfic. Yeah. Like, so when people are like, well, how could she know how to do a Jedi mind trick? You think she didn't, like, hear the stories about the Jedi doing mind tricks and stuff like that? So when she's like, wait, like, when I was pushing back against Kylo, that was, I think I was using the Force there. Like, yeah, I can try to use the mind control trick and just, like you know, push my will on this guy. So she's also a fangirl. Yeah. And as a result, you've got this like clash of these two different ideologies. Yeah. 
And so it's um, it's kind of like a meta narrative of the new expanded universe, yeah. right? And it's like because Last Jedi was really a deconstruction of the old trilogy specifically, yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like saying like if you liked this stuff, like get over it, move on. Like yeah, if if you if you want to take it that way as the meta narrative from like Disney's perspective, because here's the thing: you could not. If you tried to do that from the first movie, the first no, the, the, no. the Force Awakens comes out and they're basically like kicking you in the head and they're like, "Get out of here, nerd! This is our story now." Yeah, you'd be like, "What have you what? done?" Hey, instead they were yeah. like, instead first they, like, they got to gain your trust. Yeah, instead they're like <laughs> gently like stroking your cheek yeah, no. and they're like, "No, no, it's okay. Everything's going to be exactly how it was." Okay, yes, it yeah. wasn't exactly as it was. Like everybody's happy ending that they had at the end of Return of the Jedi. Turns out it was all complete bullshit. And yes, like Han and Leia are getting divorced and their kid's an evil dark sider. And now yeah. Han's getting killed, but it's all okay. Everything's the Here's same. The and then Ryan Johnson was like, get out of here, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they gave you that. Thing. Well, like just Luke tossing the lightsabers, symbolic of all of that. Yeah. In the beginning of the last Jedi when he's like, and nope. So, yeah, and so, like, but it allowed them to like establish uh, you into this new right. universe, and then go. So the force, no, but we do need to move on. The Force Awakens is a love song to the old trilogy. Yeah, um, and uh, someone who does these really great videos—they're called EC Henry uh, on YouTube. Uh, you should look them up. He does a lot of great videos in Star Wars. Mm, yeah, um, he actually did one on Force Awakens. And I hadn't actually fully realized this. Um, force Awakens has the plot structure of all three films of the old trilogy start, middle and end. Um, mm. it starts with a new hope, you mm. know, the droid has information, get the droid to the, yeah. to the people. Um, then it goes into empire. Uh, Han knows where, where to go. Um, he's going to go to Maz. Maz acts as Lando in a way. Mm. We're going to go to this, we're going to go to here. Up, but then they end up betrayed, even um, though it wasn't Maz. It was like in her establishment. Right, right. It was in her establishment. And Maz is also the Yoda part in Empire Strikes Back because she imparts this wisdom to Rey. Um, it's a very condensed version. And then, uh, much like Han was kidnapped in Empire Strikes Back, Rey is kidnapped by Kylo Ren. And then you go into the third act of Return of the Jedi. Where Admiral Akbar shows up. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> But there's a there's a ground team on Starkiller Base. Um, like like the the end of uh, Force Awakens is not the end of A New Hope. It's actually the end of Return of the Jedi because they they take down the shields on Starkiller Base, much like they take down the shields yeah. of the Death Star in uh, Return of the Jedi. And then as it slowly breaks up, um, they have to then flee in their ship, like Luke had to. Yeah, he had to get flee out. As uh, the Death Star was so killed. like the and I'm, it's much more detailed than that. That was like yeah. just super just bit by bit. Um, so it's this giant love song of like. Look, look how great this plot was, guys. Look how wonderful it was. All right, now that we've established these characters, now we're going to destroy it. Can we just move on? Yeah. Like, and and that's why so many people, I think, have a problem with this, with Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted the classic ideological good versus bad, good yeah. wins. Not every side is conflicted. Yeah. Um, so, and that's where... Um, Poe's journey represents this. Yeah. Um, so Poe himself, and this is another video from E.C. Henry that I got. Um, Poe himself represents this split. Uh, you know what? We're just not going to have a podcast anymore. We're just going to play E.C. Henry this videos. Just videos. <laughs> no, no, I just like to credit people because I want people to think that yeah. it's my ideas. Yeah. Um, but uh, Poe represents the split from the old Star Wars because you view Poe as like the guy who wants these simple heroics not caring about the losses, just take down the bad guy. And that's what Stars has always been in the old trilogy. Yeah. Um, prequel trilogy is a different animal. I would actually talk about that in a different episode. Um, but old trilogy specifically, you know, it, it's just very clear who's good, who's bad. And they just, it, you don't care about who dies in the old trilogy. It's just, you only care about the select few heroes. Um, Last Jedi turns that on its head. And you have just this handful of resistance uh, fighters left mm-hmm. and them dying actually becomes a problem. Yeah. Like Leia's like, no, you need to save these people. And yeah. Poe has to learn this lesson that, oh, it's like when you, when you strip away the ideologies of the good and bad, of the first order versus the resistance, all you're left with in, in this movie is people are just dying. Yeah. There's just loss of life. Well, and you're sitting there and... 
in every previous Star Wars film, when the good guys are getting destroyed, they're fighting back. And you watch as they're fleeing in these bunch of unarmed transports. Yeah. And they're just blowing up. And the entire time you're like, what am I seeing? Yeah. Like, you're just watching this uh, yeah. sad, I was like, group of people this just... right? Yeah. Yeah. This this idea, this this thought that you have in yourself, like, this isn't right, is the point. Yeah. It's saying that... So, in, in real life, and this is something I struggle with, I in episodes before Last Jedi came out, I was ranting about how Luke Skywalker was right to be done with the Jedi ideology. Mm. Um, ever since that teaser trailer came out where he said, it's time for the Jedi to end. You were like, oh, yes. I was like, yes. I am so this is it. Yes. Because it reflected my own personal belief um, through my personal journey um, in life. And that, like, I'm just so done with, I mean, like, if you look at something as simple as, like, American government. Yeah. Like, people's dumb shit ideologies. They can't compromise on anything. Mm. They care more about looking right. Um than they do about getting anything done. And so it's like, can we just focus on the human condition? Can we yeah. focus on saving, like as Rose says, saving what we love instead of attacking what you well, hate? I'm in like, the middle of listening to the audiobook of Chris Hayes' book, um, The Twilight of the Elites. Mm-hmm. And it's about how the, in the last decade, how we've, well, in more than a decade, back to like 2000, we've watched as all these institutions that we're all like, Oh, these are all great. These are like what keep Mm -hmm. the world in check are just torpedoing. And like nobody trusts. Yeah. And here's the thing with them anymore. That's my whole life basically. Yeah. Um, I was, I I was born in 1991. I didn't start being able to pay attention until 2000. Yeah. When I actually like, exactly. looked at the world, my first introduction to the world really was nine eleven. Yeah, because like, oh, I was I was in yeah. fifth grade, and it's like, whereas, oh, like, this mine, is how the world works. Whereas like, mine was like the OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, simpler times. Yes, I mean it's terrible, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just um, it's it's worn down on me personally, and so that's why I actually was very excited for Luke's journey in this movie. And people were so upset what they did with Luke because they're like, I want to see Luke just be perfect. Right. Yeah. I want a completely static character that basically I want him to be exactly as he was in the final moment of return of the Jedi. But here's the thing, everyone. That's not how dark, the dark side works. That's not how temptation works. Yeah. You are always going to struggle with, uh, if, if, if the dark side's a metaphor for um, doing the wrong thing, making mistakes, or um, you know, it, or basically the, the lesser human qualities that people have, getting angry, mm-hmm. um, that, that's always something you have to fight. What you can't just you can't just be like, oh hey, I, I conquered anger that one time, I'm set for life. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah. So basically, Last Jedi is saying you need to kind of grow up, like. Mm-hmm it's not like this anymore. Yeah. Okay. You, you're always going to be in Luke, Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. They all end up where exactly they started in a new hope. Yeah. Han becomes a smuggler again. Luke becomes uh, stranded somewhere. On a world with two sons. Yeah. Isolated <laughs> somewhere. No, really? Yeah. And then Leia goes back to just being um, a resistance fighter, yeah. even though she like she could have pursued politics yeah. like in the Republic. Yeah. Instead she goes to just fighting the bad guy. Like that's all she knows. And yeah. she, so all these characters become broken again and people have a problem with that. Cause again, they, they're remembering them in the last moment of return of the Jedi, but that's what's so, I mean, that, yeah, like, like force awakens was like trying to gain your trust, but kind of like breaking it to you softly. Mm-hmm. Like, okay guys, I have something to tell you. Yeah. Mom and dad broke up. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then part two, Last Jedi, dad cheated on mom and then mom took a knife to dad. And then yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> um, and your uncle became a hobo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but with a purpose. Yeah. It's not just to shit on what you love. Yeah. Okay. It's so. It's to protect what we love. Oh. Um. It's to 
explain the human condition as opposed to ideology. So let's talk about this. Um, the biggest thing I want to talk about in this is the the idea of yin yang. Yeah. Um, in the floor of Luke's, not Luke's, but the first Jedi Temple on Octu. Yeah. Um, there's a circle of symbol. You can't really quite make it out in the movie. Yeah, like both to- in both viewings of it, mm-hmm. I kept trying to see what it was. Yeah. Um, and you can't because it's like at an angle and it never yeah. show the full thing. It's bad. Um, it's it's like it's the pool of water. Like there's like yeah. the constant like dripping and everything. It's unfortunate you can't see it because it would have given a lot more context to the movie. Um, it's basically a yin yang symbol. It's somebody sitting meditating. Half of them is dark. Half of them is white. And then there's the two circles on each side of them, opposing light and dark in each one. Yeah. So if you look at the the, the yin yang symbol, um, now the idea of the yin yang um, in Eastern philosophy is there is the more aggressive side of you, the more um, the Passive. more the more um, there's like a more so there's there's kind of like a more male and female perspective in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's the male aggressive confident. Um, Kind of more, more, more leadership qualities. Um, more, um, yeah, the more rough side, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the passive, more, more emotional, more in tune um, side. Um, and then the the Jedi and the Sith use these sides to build their ideologies, right? Yeah. In the in the previous six films, seven films. But yeah. um, the Jedi take the more in tune, more emotional perspective, um, but almost to a point where it's like they shun you if you ever get angry. Yeah. Like if you go, if you, well, that's the, problem. they don't recognize the black dot in the white part of the circle. Well, that's because the Jedi were around for a thousand <laughs> generations yeah. and you're going to end up with some corruption from the original philosophy. Yeah. yeah. After... Uh, <laughs> 20,000 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which in a way is, is kind of the whole idea of the film itself that you have to question your beliefs mm-hmm. and, and rebuild them. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, he specifically calls out like the Jedi and are like, yeah, yeah they got nothing and they died. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so there's, there's this quote from an article I read that I shared on the page um, that I thought was perfect. It's the force is life and the universe itself, not ideology. The Jedi don't represent the light, just as the Sith don't represent the dark. Light and dark as good and evil are ideological, not natural. Everyone, good and evil, is part of the interconnecting and balance that holds the universe together. Because like when, when she asks her what she feels, she starts describing everything that she feels in the island. Mm-hmm. And she's like, birth. And you see, like, maybe yeah. porgs. And then she's like, and death. Yeah. That it's not just... Because, like, everybody's like, well, the Force is, like, everything that's, like, alive. Mm-hmm. But Yoda specifically calls out, like, the connection between, like, you and the rock. Rocks are not alive. So mm-hmm. it's the you, the Force is everything. Yeah. It's very Eastern. Not, yeah. um, and this may be also a reason why maybe some people don't like Last Jedi. Is, is there... They may be just too engrossed in Western philosophy as opposed yeah. to Eastern philosophy. Um, so yeah, because they want the they want ideology, they want a because it makes you feel it makes you feel safe. It makes you, you to have this concrete belief system. Yeah, you know, um, instead of like instead of um, like I had I had proposed virtue ethics as um, maybe where Luke was going to go before I saw Last Jedi. Yeah. It didn't turn out to be that way, but. Um, just the idea that you're just trying to reach this balance between, you know, good and bad, not trying to build an ideology out of everything, just deal with the human condition. Yeah. Um, so I think that Ray and Kylo very much represent this yin yang. Yeah. Um, Ray is the female side. She's the more like just trying to save things. Mm-hmm. And Kylo is the more rough side. Yeah. Um, he wants to destroy. She wants to build. Yes. And I, ironically, they they both kind of push away the Jedi Sith religions. Yeah. Um, but that's the point. Yeah. I mean, and they're a perfect balance of one another. So if you look at the um, 
when they end up with the lightsaber battle, mm-hmm. and they're both fighting the to gain control of the lightsaber, and it's floating there in the air, and they're both reaching out with force. Yeah. If at any point, some if two people are pulling on something, and one person is even slightly stronger, that thing is going to move towards the stronger person. Yeah. When they both have the lightsaber, and it is sitting there still between them, they're both pulling with all of their might, and it does not move an inch, meaning they are perfectly... Equally strong in the force. Yeah. They're in balance with each other. Yes. Like the yin-yang. But by opposing one another, they destroy what they both long for. Yeah, that's good. The thing that they both want most, he wants that lightsaber. He's wanted it from the first film when he's like, that lightsaber belongs to me. And she wants what she knows is her let's say like right you know mm-hmm. like it this this lightsaber it's hers because she is the one who's going to carry on the way of the jedi mm-hmm. um but they're both completely equally strong in the force yeah yeah and so it's 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 very much a departure from uh, just like Luke overcoming Vader. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I it, mean, the Luke overcoming Vader, Vader was the stronger of the two. Yeah. Vader was um, more powerful. Vader only held back because he yeah. did have reservations about attacking his son. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Vader, Vader spent the entire time toying with Luke yeah. in Empire. First, he was going to try to freeze him. Yeah. And then failing that, he's like, all right. <laughs> All right, let's turn this kid Take to the... you out. Um, yeah, it's compl- this is going to be a little side tangent. Yeah. Do you think that he was actually going to take him to the Emperor? Because he tried. He just tried to get Luke to help him overthrow the Emperor, like, a yeah. couple minutes later. Yeah. Or do you think he was going to freeze Luke and take him to his fortress on Mustafar? I think he was going to take him to the Emperor because he has such a master-slave relationship with him. Yeah. I don't... I think that's core to his character. Yeah. Um... But I can understand yeah. the opposite perspective. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so, so again, in essence, um, you have this idea of, like, like if you really look at the old trilogy, like, it, it's very, the hero's journey, right? It's, it's this mythic journey. Um, you know, the hero finally gets the bad guy in the end. And the problem is it's too simplistic because even the redemption part of it is very like, wait a minute, because Darth Vader has, we talked a couple of episodes, a couple of episodes ago about how, you know, he, he killed younglings, right? He killed yeah. children. Master Skywalker. And um, one, one critic of George Lucas's vision of um, life, well, at least in Star Wars, is that if you he says like, if you compare Darth Vader to Hitler mm-hmm. and you had Hitler on trial and someone said, yeah, but Hitler saved his son mm-hmm. and everyone's like, Oh, okay. You're good. Yeah. All done. We're fine here then. Yeah. And Lucas calls this a redemption story because Vader wasn't destroying the emperor to save the galaxy. He was selfish. Right. No, he it was, was like, it was save his son. Yeah. He's, he's never ever, ever actually shown me cares about more than that. Yeah. Um, and yet Lucas wants you to think that this is some great redemption story about the, you know, the irredeemable becoming redeemed. But yeah. if you really took a second to be critical of, of the old trilogy, you would see it's being overly simplistic. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean you still can't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. People, I don't know. People seem to think that you either, um, have to accept this new direction, um, and, and and not like the old stuff, or you can only like the old stuff and not like the new direction. It's like I can like both. Yeah. I like the old classic, you know, good triumph over evil because that makes you feel good. Yeah. For starters, um, and if you're a really good person, you can enjoy One Direction. Mark, I love Zane. Mark, I'm going to need you to leave. Um, Brian, I need you to make a another fan letter 
<laughs> asking what the hell is wrong with Mark, bringing up One Direction. Can you do that for me? Thanks. I think we agree. Right, Brian? Turns out Brian's a huge One Direction fan. <laughs> He's go. got posters in his room. One D. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't see why you can't enjoy exactly. um, the classic hero's journey. Which, again, and that's another thing we could talk about. We did a whole episode about the hero's journey. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the case anymore. Yeah. It's, it's completely like, except broken. Here's the thing. But we don't know that because yeah. we still have to see the final film. That's true. The final film, you could go, oh, I see how the hero's journey ties in. But I think they've uh, what they've done is they've shrouded the hero's journey yeah, to make it much harder to follow. And that's where I do worry about J.J. Abrams a bit because I know I said I – was, I was a proponent of him last episode because I said he'd be so good with like kind of summing up Star Wars, the yeah. imagery of it all, like all trilogies. Yeah. But I'm a little worried he might – Go back to being simplistic. Yeah. Um, it's just like, like, will he get into the complexity of being nuanced, you know? Yeah. Like, because even though, like, Luke was like, I'm done with ideologies, he's still in the end. What did he do? He had this big hero moment and mm. retained his status as a legend yeah. and, and said, Ray is going to be a Jedi. Yeah. So it's not it's not like having an ideology of no ideologies. It's just being like be critical of ideology, yeah, and be willing to, um, kind of reform it. You know, when he says the rebellions were born today, yeah, the Jedi were born. It's it's a phoenix rising from the ashes. Something different. Something new. Retaining some of the old, but yeah, fixing. You know, as Yoda says, failure is yeah, um, important. And if Ray manages to build up an actual like legit Jedi Order that ends up like lasting, Luke's little failed Jedi Temple is going to be such like a minor footnote in yeah. the history of the Jedi. <laughs> like ten thousand years from now, they're yeah. going to like look back and be like, "Hey, remember that time when like for like five seconds, like the Jedi weren't around, and then some asshole showed up and like tried to start it again and then ruined it for everybody until we got this thing off the ground again." <laughs> Luke will not be remembered. In it's, the... it's interesting because, like, it's like Luke's entire character is a fulcrum. Like, it's yeah. a, it's the pivot point. Yeah, um, it's the pivot point for what came before and what comes after. Yeah, but you kind of feel bad for him in a way because of that. But... Just a just a cog in the wheel, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to some trivia. Yeah. One day I was walking and I found this big log. Then I rolled the log over and underneath was a tiny little stick. And I was like, that log had a child. All right, so what's our right. score? So, Mark, you have 66, I have 70, you're four behind. That's right. All right, so what word do the Gungans use to, descri- to describe the droid army? Uh, what word? Yes. One word. Yes. Um... Shoot. No, I'm supposed to be a quote whiz. What? Who says it? (laughs) The Gungans. Yeah. The Gungans. That implies like the Gungans have a word for this or something. Uh, Why don't I know this? I don't know. It's from the best Star Wars movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say I don't know. Mechanics. No. The meat. You know, mechanics. I don't even care that I got that mechanics. wrong. I don't even care that I got that wrong. I'm glad I got that wrong. What place does Yoda describe as the domain of evil? The cave that Luke goes into. Into it you must go. Oh, that, okay. That place is pure evil. Yeah. It's, it's literally the home of Lucifer himself. Yeah. You should probably go, go in, in there. there. Your weapons, don't need them. Don't take any weapons. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Looks like yeah. he stands at the hangar door of Echo Base, scanning for Luke Skywalker's life signs. R two D two. Who accepts an invitation into an escape pod only after being shaken by one too many blaster bolts? I'm sorry. Read that again. I zoned out. Who accepts an invitation mm-hmm. into an escape pod C-3PM. only after being shaken by C-3PM. one too many C-3PM. blaster bolts? C three P M. 
I'm not going in there. <laughs> Who pilots a Gungo, Gungan Bongo to feed? Who pilots it? I think we've had this before, uh, like recently. Um, Obi Wan does. Yeah, we all like this is probably like the fourth time this question has uh, come up yeah. in like all of our times doing trivia <laughs> beyond just like the podcast. Yeah. And like every time we sit there, you're like, like wait, staring into space. Who is who's wait, the, who's, who's got their hands? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Obi Wan. Um, whose passage whose passage down the Sarlacc's throat causes the beast to emit a satisfied belch? Boba Fett. Yep. All right. Got one wrong. Yeah. Riddle me this, Mark. What type of creature nearly eats the Millennium Falcon whole? Uh, that would be the space slug. Yes. Space and slug. It doesn't almost eat the Millennium Falcon whole. It's it ate the Millennium Falcon whole. Technically, yeah. Like, it was eaten whole. Yeah. Um, gosh, remember how Empire Strikes Back had this stupid, pointless space slug scene? What was the point of that? It was just completely... Therefore, it should have been in the movie. And I feel really, really bad that I don't actually remember the name of the, like, the name of the type of creature that is the space oh, I thought slug. you said, like, he had a name. Yeah, this hey, is Dave. I mean, Dave. This is, this is guys. Gary. This is Gary the Space Slug. Yeah. Guys. No, like, it's got, it, there's a specific, it's the, uh, oh, it's an Exagora. That's the name. It's oh, an Exagora. Naturally. Uh, nailed it. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry. My, my point of saying that about the space slug scene is people have complaints about Last Jedi yeah. that are like, why was it even in there? There's no point to it. Yeah. I I still wanted to do in this episode. This is the t- second <laughs> episode where he's tried to like fit it into our script and it just we just yeah. ran out of time. So about, at some point we're going to do it. Yeah, about how everything criticizing Last Jedi is actually about Empire Strikes Back yeah. 2. But we'll do it maybe next time yeah. or the next time after that. Which Jedi in the Geonosian arena uses the Force to incapacitate the battle droid with C-3PO's head? Um, What's your favorite? I think it's Mace Windu. No, oh, it's uh, Kit Fisto. Yeah, Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, like yeah. he does it and then he gets That's like his coolest smile. moment. Yeah. yeah. Second coolest moment, getting killed by Palpatine in two strokes. Oh, Wait, seriously, what was the, that scene? What was the point of that scene? <laughs> Actually, really, what was the point of that No, scene? it was because he was confronted by a bunch of Jedi Masters, and he yeah. very easily was just like, you're all dead now. He could have done it in a cooler way. That's how powerful Like, it was, but it was so like... That's because they like have They an, didn't even block him. It's because they have an old man playing the role, <laughs> and so he had to just, like, struggle around... <laughs> They could and have, they put him in big, giant, flowy robes that he can't move too they well. They could have done it like Vader style in Rogue One, where he's just like force pushing up against the ceiling. I mean, yeah. anyways, let's move on. Who calls Chewbacca a flea-bitten furball and an overgrown mop head? Uh, that would be C-3PO. Yes. Who tells Chancellor Palpatine, in the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest? That would be Mace Windu. Seconds later, I'm going to end this right now. He's too dangerous to be kept yeah. alive. Like, that was an awfully quick turn of philosophy there, Mace. Yeah. On which planet is Darth Maul when he reveals that his lightsaber has a second blade? Naboo. Naboo. Who pilots a starship to be a... Yes? I'm going to have you read it because I didn't go to college. Who pilots a starship to a... Surreptitious. I don't think I've ever heard that word. Lucky. Okay. Yeah. Who pilots a starship to a lucky landing inside a smoking Geno's and exhaust vent? Who pilots a starship to a surreptitious landing inside a... Um, I'm going to say that was Anakin. Because Obi-Wan's... No... It was Anakin. Damn We each missed one. Here's the thing. The reason I changed my um, my answer is because Gabe got kind of tense, <laughs> but like in a, oh, he got that wrong kind of way. So that's why I changed it. So I should ignore Gabe's body language. You know what? From now on, I'm going to do so many different things while you're that's thinking. Like, back when we were doing... I'm going to be like, ooh. When we were doing trivia back when we were... <sighs> When we were doing trivia back when we worked together, 
we would any, anything that was in a quote, we would change it to be in a, I would, with a Gungan. I would use Jar Jar's voice to, yeah. to be like, do or do not, there is no try. To throw off like who it was. Yeah. So, All By right. the way, I want to do a whole episode one time in just Gungan speak. I will not be here for that. Misa called Gabe Gabe Biggs. Misa, you have a servant. Misa got a podcast now. The whole episode. Under the entire one is water. Yeah. All right. So, uh, that was episode 17. Uh, yep. We are more than happy to take to, more fan letters. <laughs> and to take reviews like the one we received from CJ. <gasps> I have it right here. Ooh, you do? Yes. What's it say? All right. This is from CJ3PO. Oh, does it say that uh, Brian needs to shut up? Is that what it says? No. Right? Wait, wait, because I'm this to have a truce with them, right? Yes. Okay, sorry, Brian. Mark and Gabe have a great back and forth. Ooh. Wonderful chemistry. Is it like Poe Dameron level chemistry? It's like Poe Dameron and Finn level chemistry. Oh. This podcast is filled with humor and excellent insights. The only thing I question is what is more powerful, Gabe's hatred for Han or Mark's for Benicio Del Toro. That's true. Every time we've talked about DJ or Benicio Del Toro, you once said, I question his existence. Not yes. DJ, Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> yes. I don't know why Benicio exists. Because I'm trying to think of a film where I haven't been just, like, bothered by him being in it. And I can't yeah. think of one. Yeah. Oh, we should have brought up DJ's character when we were talking about the deconstruction. Listen, it's not like we're not going to I know. spend the next ten episodes I know. talking about it. We're going to need to figure out a different topic at some point. At some point. At some point. So, that was episode 17. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Both your knees. Did you come back to forgive me? To look at my Snapchat? No. I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The podcast is dead. The war is over. And when I kill you, I will kill the last podcaster. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The podcast is reborn today. The war is just beginning. And I will not be the last podcaster. I'll destroy you and the microphone and all of it. No. Strike my equipment in anger and I'll always be with you. Same as your father. See your Snapchat around, kid. No! Stop it now!